All right, good morning, church. It's uh, pretty awesome to look out over the crowd and see all these people here today. So the rule is you have to come back every Sunday because we're still missing a few people. And man, when they're here, we'll be packed. Have to add on, add some chairs, right? But anyway, it's good to see you guys this morning. Over the last few weeks, uh, I've been doing this sermon series, I guess you could say, talking about newness, because we're in the new year, and so all of my sermons have been new. Um, first one we did in January was our new creation, how we are new creations. Last week we talked about our new purpose, and how not only did God create us, or the whole world, but he chose us and created us specifically, and then he gave us a new purpose. And our purpose um, kind of revolves around serving him, sharing the gospel, becoming like Christ, and loving. And so those all kind of work together. They build on each other. And so today, I'm going to build on that even some more. And I'm going to talk about our next new thing, which is our new life. So we're new creations. And we have a new purpose. And on top of that, we have a new life. When I talked last week, I talked about how one of the greatest purposes we have is serving God and then becoming like Christ. And when we become like Christ, the interesting thing is when people look at us and they look at our lives, they start to look a little different than they used to. Before, we would live for ourselves and we would serve ourselves. That looked like worldly. But now we're trying to serve Christ. And so right along with a new purpose comes a new life. I guess a better word to describe it would be a, a new lifestyle, but that doesn't look as good on the PowerPoint. But lifestyle. And since you guys know about my screen, let me define lifestyle for you here. Lifestyle is the way in which a person or a group lives. Well, that makes sense. As Christians, we definitely have a new lifestyle after we've become new creations with a new purpose. The group is us saved Christians. And the way we live is now our purpose that we talked about last week. Serving God, sharing Christ, sharing the gospel, and loving others. That's our new lifestyle. But I guess lifestyle is not necessarily the most complete way to describe this. I guess it's more like an alternative lifestyle. This is a term we use quite often in our culture. Alternative lifestyle, but what it really means is any lifestyle generally perceived to be the outside of the norm of its culture. That's what the definition says, right? So as Christians, we're absolutely perceived to be different. We're different than the norm of the culture, and our lifestyle is generally perceived to be outside of it. Seems like we as Christians, our new life is an alternative lifestyle because of the way we act the way we fit into this world, and that's, that's what Christianity looks like. So to help explain what Christian alternative lifestyle is, I've asked a few helpers to come up. So Courtney, Christy, and Bill, if you guys could come up here and help me with this for a second. So what I've done is I just, because these are all Christians and I know them so well, and I know their hearts, I asked them to come up and share 
about their Christian alternative lifestyle. So Courtney, why don't you come up here first? Would you share about your Christian alternative lifestyle? Well, my alternative lifestyle, um, it started, I was, I was searching the internet, um, and then I decided that t- tomorrow I'm going to start my new lifestyle as a vegan. So, well, Courtney, no. <laughs> okay, you can go sit back down. Christy, our Christian alternative lifestyle. My alternative lifestyle is that I really don't believe in the same doctors as you. No, really no, 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 no. You can go sit back. Out. No, Christian, o- no, Christian no. alternative. Please There's leave. There's so many other options. <sighs> Christy, Christian alternative lifestyle. As Christians, what is our alternative lifestyle? Bill, you're the wisest of all of them that I picked this morning. Can you tell me about your alternative lifestyle? I don't believe in clothes. Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> No, 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 no. I meant Christian alternative lifestyle. I knew this terminology would get you guys off. It'd be wrong. All right. We got some discussions to have, especially with Bill. Oh, man. The Christians in this room have some alternative lifestyles, and those might just be a few of them. But let's focus back on the Christian alternative lifestyle. New creations, what does our alternative life look like? Well, Jesus said it kind of in a really good way himself, talking about alternative lifestyle, talking about how we are different than the rest of the world. And he said it in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, two verses I picked here, and I'm going to read them out of the NLT. I invite you to open your Bible and read it out of your version as well, but I just liked how this version read. Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. Jesus said, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose to go that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and that road is difficult, and only a few find it. The gate into God's kingdom is narrow, but the highway to hell, as the NLT says, is broad. It's wide. It's a pretty humbling verse. It shows how the rest of the world is going one way and we're to go another way that is narrow instead of wide. Our new life, our new lifestyle, our alternative lifestyle, it's not going to be the easy going way. But instead, it's going to be the hard way, the narrow gate, not going with the flow, but choosing to divert and go a different direction. It's going to be small, it's going to be difficult, and it might be lonely, and it might be hard because of the highway is so prominent right next door. But it'll be worth it because that's how we enter into God's kingdom. It's right there on the first line. God's kingdom is through the narrow gate. Hear what that says? That means a new life that you get to live now for a new outcome that you get to have in heaven. We'll talk about that here in a couple of weeks. God's kingdom is worth it, but it requires a lot of change on our part. We can't just go through with the flow and be on the highway. We have to make that change to go through the small gate. Open your Bibles to John 14. Jesus speaking again about how we make that alternative lifestyle choice. 
John 14, 23 and 24. It requires change on our part. Jesus said, and he answered them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but it's the Father who sent me. To walk down the narrow road and to get off the highway and to live the new life, the alternative lifestyle, we have to live according to God's word. Jesus said, this is not my word, but my Father's who sent me. Live according to God's word. And it will require, it's from his love that we have the word, but it's a lot of faithfulness from us to God. That's what living by his commands and his words mean. So last week I talked about purpose. And a big part of our purpose is to serve God. And this is exactly what that's talking about. Serve God and follow his commandments. Follow what he says to do. So to become like Christ, like I talked about last week, our purpose forms into our life. Our purpose to become like God and and become like Christ and serve God forms into how we live our life, how we work to become holy like God is holy, how we work to become without sin like Jesus was without sin. They all work together, but it's probably the most challenging thing I could ever say for myself probably for you guys, but for myself, I just said we try and be without sin and more holy. Have you met yourself or myself lately? It's hard. It's hard. Let's read these scriptures together because becoming holy is, is, and without sin is really God's intent for us. 1 Peter chapter 1, 10 verses here, verses 13 through 23. I invite you to grab your Bible and your version and read along with me talking about being called to be holy. 1 Peter 1, uh, verses 13 through 23. All right, let's read. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as as father who judges impartially according to one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable, perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, who is like a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by obedience for the truth, For sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not 
of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Now there's a lot in, in those uh, 10 verses here in 1 Peter chapter 1, but I just want to talk about how it challenges us in our new lives. It challenges us to be holy, conforming, not to the world, but instead to be like Jesus and God. So conforming to be like Christ. Because that's where we put our foundation. One of the last verses I read there is our foundation is in Christ, who's our faith in God. He's the reason we have faith in God was the man that was God on earth, Jesus Christ, right? So you read these verses, you talk about being holy as God is holy, as Christ is holy. And this is where a lot of us like to check on out. A lot of the world even likes to say, well, you know what? Right now, sounds like a bunch of rules are about to happen. If I'm going to be holy like God, it sounds like that's going to take a lot of work and a lot of rules that I have to follow. And you know what? When culture says that, when Christians say that, that's not necessarily wrong. If you have a new lifestyle and a new purpose, you know what? You're probably going to create some new rules. I guess Courtney has created the new rule that she is a vegan and not going to eat any meat. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm not sure what Christy's rules are. Uh, her rules are don't follow the rules of normal people rules, I guess. And that applies for Bill as well. But either way, no matter what their alternative lifestyle is, they had to set in place some rules because if they didn't, their lifestyle would be not alternative. It wouldn't be set apart at all. It would just be normal. The rules are what kind of gives them their new direction. But see, it's not all about the rules because if you just follow the rules, you can get quickly stuck on them. The rules are there to follow because you have a changed life, not the other way around. You can't follow the rules to create a changed life, but instead the rules are followed because you have a changed life. Remember, our purpose is to serve God, to become like Christ, to share the gospel and to love people. You get that in your heart, and then some rules might follow. But it's all about the heart. The heart is so, so important. Matthew 22, verse 37. You can just look at this one if you want. Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So absolutely things have changed. Alternative lifestyle is taking place and there might be some rules that come along. But it's because we follow God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind that we might change our lifestyle. It's not the opposite way around. We don't change our lifestyle to try and become like God. We change it because we are in our heart trying to become like God. It's all about a heart change. And another reason that it can't be all about the rules is because we've been there, done that, and it didn't work. Jesus also said this just a few a chapter later, I guess, in Matthew. Matthew 23, uh, two verses, 27 through 28. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, 
which outwardly, well, they appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. It's pretty bold uh, what Christ was saying to the Pharisees here in Matthew 23. He calls them out. And what he does is he calls them out for following all of the rules perfectly and looking pretty and beautiful and polished on the outside like perfect Jews. But what he says is a burn, right? He says, you just look like a fresh coat of paint on a bunch of dead people. He says, no matter how much you paint it, it'll still be dead people on the inside. He really kind of roasts them. He kind of gives them a good one. But it really shows that no matter what the outside, no matter how well you follow the rules, if you don't start from the heart, it's just like having dead people, rottenness, dirtiness, sin, still on the inside. And you're not actually righteous, even though to the whole world you might look the most righteous out of everybody. You're not. It doesn't matter how you look to the world. It matters how you are before God. And your heart, your heart needs to not be nasty dead people. You're actually lawless on the inside. So the rules are good. The rules can help us live godly lives after becoming like Christ on our heart. Focus on our heart and become like Christ with the rules and change our heart. But we can't do it the other way around. We'll just become like Pharisees, like those whitewashed tombs. So I hope nobody in here is too much like a Pharisee, might be a heart check for some of us, right? Because I think we all kind of struggle with that. And hopefully, you haven't been hurt by somebody who's like a Pharisee. I think a lot of us have been. Somebody who pretends and makes sure they seem on the outside righteous, but really their heart's not in the right place. So I hope you haven't been hurt by someone like that. But the reason that this can happen is because we have to continually work on this until we die. You don't pop up out of the waters of baptism in your new creation. You don't learn about your new purpose and then step into your new life perfectly. I wish it would work that way. I wish I would never be hypocritical or dirty on the inside. And I wish I would always serve God and become like Christ. But it's a process. It doesn't just happen. It's a process. And that process, it's a churchy word, but it's good. It's called discipleship. And it means becoming a disciple of Christ daily. Your discipleship happens daily. And it's what happens after you become a Christian. It's a whole new life. And there's no guarantee it'll be easy. Sure isn't easy. Actually, it's a narrow path next to a wide highway. It's not easy. It's a life change that takes every day a decision. And we have to make the decision every day to stay on the narrow road. It's sure easy to fall off, walk down the hill to the highway, but daily we have to make that decision with our heart, going back to the heart. And I know it just kind of builds on everything from last week too, but love, love is the focus of all of this. So we need to focus on our hearts Remind ourselves that God chose us, 
you and me specifically to be new creations. And then after he chose us, he told us our new purpose. We don't have to worry about all these things we find purpose in in life because our new purpose is godly. It's to serve God. It is to become like Christ. It is to share the gospel and love on people. And when we do that, that's what creates a new life, a new lifestyle. Our alternative lifestyle comes from the fact that we're trying to serve God and become more like God. That's our new life. We're new creations with new purpose and new life because at the end of this life, we're going to have a new outcome. We're going to have a new outcome. And that's what I'm going to talk about next week. So they all build right on each other from creation, purpose, life, and now outcome. And spoilers, our new outcome is pretty awesome. Our new outcome is way more awesome. Let me leave you with one verse as I walk down here. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Reading it out of the ESV. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which this is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing or the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Make your bodies a living sacrifice. That is your daily worship.